Welcome to Vegan Hacks. We're here. We made it. <laughs> so today we have a very special guest. Watson. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just said I was excited. Are you... Sorry to interrupt your flow. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you excited, Mike? Because Watson's here and his <laughs> videos excite me. It's like, uh, you know, food porn. Yes, yes. We ha we have a food pornographer here. No, I, well, a food pornographer. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> in in the it's in the best possible way. Vegan. Otherwise, it would be like a bad influence. Our guest is Watson, known as the Burger Dude. He's a vegan content creator on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, making amazing vegan renditions of fast food and comfort food classics. Welcome, Watson. Yeah. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm really stoked. I listen to this podcast uh, all the time, so it's it's really cool to actually be on. It's kind of weird, but kind of cool. The honor is ours. <laughs> it's always weird, Watson. It's always weird. <laughs> we like to, we like to keep it weird. So that's, that's good. So, how long have you been doing content on on these social media platforms? Um, I think I want to say it was three years. It was summer of 2019, I think is when I started posting stuff. Um, I got into, uh, like beyond burgers a lot. And so I, I was posting a lot on my personal Instagram and like in an effort to just get my friends to maybe try them. And, um, my wife, uh, was like, you know, instead of annoying all your friends with your vegan food on your personal page why don't you start an actual vegan instagram page and i didn't know that that was a thing i didn't know people like had food instagrams at the time i just went on there to post like whatever random stuff i saw um so basically i started doing that and yeah i, I want to say like july 2019 i'm not positive but it was around that that general time frame well you know when i started doing some creator work that was your your account really loomed large because I, I really felt like there's just a sophistication to what you bring out. It, it, it's very curated. There's a, a graphic sophistication. Uh, there's the details like you, you, you create all the, the wrappers for your fast foods. Like you'll make like vegan Jack in a box or you'll make, I don't know, a, a, Tommy chili burger and you the 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 amount of effort and detail is is astounding and I know that because you know I've, I've worked in advertising I understand how much work goes into it and and how do you approach that when you're you know you have a concept and 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 was this uh, something that you've always done or is this something that you developed when you were creating this account well so my background before I did this since I was like 19 or 20, I was doing environment art for video games. And so, yeah, so I've done art, artsy sort of stuff for, you know, pretty much my whole life. So doing things like adding at like the graphics and adding like, you know, overlaying stuff in Photoshop to make it look like, you know, um, like a burger dude, fast food container or something like that is just stuff that I've done for a while. So yeah, kind of, kind of the Venn diagram of my, you know, the kind of stuff that I did before and the stuff that I'm doing now, it's, you know, it overlaps a bit. Yeah. And then as far as like taking like videos and, and photos, that's actually very new to me. I've always been kind of intimidated by like cameras and ISO and aperture and all that sort of 
technical sort of stuff. And I still am. <laughs> I get it a little bit better now these days. But photos, I mean, for the first year and a half, two years, I was just doing iPhone photos and iPhone videos because it's it's automatic. Um, and just recently, I started getting, I bought a, like a Sony and got into it that way. And it's, I don't know, I've, I used to write like screenplays and I've made like some short animated films and I've always loved cooking. So it's basically like, I've just kind of taken these two kinds of main interests of mine and kind of combined it, I guess. It looks like real commercials. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, you know, you, you, you get the sizzle shot with the texture of the food that makes it look really enticing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do my best. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have like a photography background. Mm, yeah, no. Doing the environment artwork, you know, you learn a lot about composition and, and you know, lighting and all that sort of stuff. So I, there's definitely some overlap, I, I feel like, but it's definitely also not like super formal, uh, formally trained or anything like that. Sorry to go off topic, but do you eat the burger dude food like every day? Not every day, but probably more often than I should. <laughs> He's actually broadcasting from the ICU right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I just did. A, I, just did a, uh, I literally just finished a, a good burger mm-hmm. uh, video. That's why I'm wearing this blue shirt because I'm. I, if I can, I like to. I I, I tried to do a um, an eggnog video back in December, and I dressed like uh, Chevy Chase from oh, Christmas cool. Day. But I didn't like the way the video turned out because my I I was I was actually on camera. I was like doing it more in the style of like you know the actual person making the food you know, on camera, talking to the camera. And I just, I didn't like the way it turned out, so I never released it. It's so interesting. In in some ways, our approaches are similar, but very different because um, you sort of are embracing kind of a level of perfectionism that, that, that is, that is, that, that I think is, you know, you know, quite amazing. And I'm on the other side because as a filmmaker, I mean, we're actually, it's funny. We're all filmmakers here. Uh, You know, Mike's a filmmaker. I'm a filmmaker. Um, and and you know we're able to utilize our skills to do other things as well. My my videos are an embrace of the imperfect, and you know I come from a camera background, so when I'm shooting stuff, sometimes I add imperfections to my shot, or I'll add something that's imperfect because I feel like it adds to immediacy, maybe more towards TikTok. It's, maybe that's why it's relatable. Maybe maybe it has to do with the TikTok platform per se. Other than I feel like Instagram is a more formal uh, play, uh, more polished. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'm, no, but I'm just saying they actually apparently people who put excessively polished content on TikTok don't do as well. For some reason, the yeah. uh, audiences respond to the immediacy and the like approachability of it's like you know a person in their basement. It probably. I wonder if it also feels like, you know, on TikTok, you've got what, like one, two seconds to to grab someone's attention. And I think maybe like even subconsciously, if you see something that's kind of polished, you might assume it's an ad or something mm-hmm. like that and just skip it. And it's funny because this is actually something that I've been thinking about. And, you know, my output, I do I do one video a week, you know, and it's because of this kind of like... Um, a polish and aesthetic that I've, I feel like I've, I haven't like pigeonholed myself, but I definitely, I have been thinking about just kind of doing, you know, my wife has been telling me like, dude, just, you know, just film whatever, like whenever we make like a, a kind of cool fast dinner or something like, just like make it like less polished and just more like 
off the cuff or it, whatever. It's like you have a sort of brand to protect, right? As you hesitate. It's almost like that. Right? <laughs> we we have but built. I, I, yeah, we, go ahead, sorry. I like, I hate it. You know what I mean? No, no. I was gonna say. I was gonna say we've built our own personal hells. <laughs> <laughs> one way or another because because i i put out at least two videos a day right right i i wish i could do i mean actually today i was like i was thinking i was like i'm gonna have all my stuff set up so i'm gonna film my youtube video and then i'm also gonna film uh a tiktok video that is similar but different and maybe it'll be a little bit more loosey-goosey and more fun and just kind of more wild and i completely forgot to do it, <laughs> mm. it is this now your full-time job Kind of, I don't make enough money off of YouTube or even like, I don't really do a whole lot of sponsored content. Um, and the only way I'm actually able to sustain this is because the job that I had before this. So I did 3D work for a long time as like as a professional in like a office. And then I started doing it freelance. And then I also started doing music uh, for like reality TV for like real housewives and stuff like that. And so nowadays, because of that, the royalties that I make from those TV shows, I'm able to basically live off of that. Although that money is starting to dry up. So I need to figure something out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, because of my last job I, and I make passive income from, I'm lucky enough that I can, I can do this essentially full time doing the YouTube and the Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if it wasn't for that passive income, I don't, I have no idea what I'd be doing right now. When you were, let's say like a young burger dude, when you're growing up, were you obsessed uh -huh. with fast food or what was your relationship to, let's say junk food? Because, you know, your, your account sort of really celebrates, you know, I don't know, American junk food. Yeah. And, and was that something you were obsessed with when you're growing up? Yeah, for sure. I was definitely... You know, I, I, I'm 40, I'm going to be 45 in a couple months. So throughout the eighties and nineties, you know, I was in like the, the golden era of, of American fast food. And I, I loved it. I loved McDonald's and Burger King and, and all those places. And um, yeah. And I loved cooking. Uh, once, once I got in my twenties, I started cooking for myself and I would barbecue all the time. And um, you know, so basically Yes. The sh short answer is yes. I've, I've been kind of obsessed with American, especially American fast food. Like Whataburger is from Texas, but I kind of wish that I would have known about it because it seems like the kind of place I would have totally loved when I was a teenager, you know? What are, what are the challenges that you have as a content creator? For me personally, I do deal with, you know, ADD, ADHD. I'm not sure what it was. Like, I was diagnosed when I was like five years old. It was like when they, I don't know if it was like when they first started diagnosing it, but for me, what's, what's interesting was, so just before we started talking, I finished up my shoot, the video shoot I was doing, I finished up at 2.40. So I was like, I have 20 minutes to clean up. Normally, it takes me an hour to clean up. But because I had this deadline, I knew I had to finish in 20 minutes, I, I finished in 15 minutes. So that is a good kind of example of, per, it's not so much of being a content creator, it's being a content creator who it works from home, and is very easily distracted, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, and that's one of the reasons why, I mean, that I kind of call myself a lazy perfectionist because I'm a perfectionist, but I'm also extraordinarily lazy. So it's like those two things combined 
it's it's why I only come out with one video a week, basically. <laughs> you, so those, I guess, that would be my biggest struggle. You don't encounter much like internet trolling, right? It depends. Um, I that vegan egg video that I did was was pretty, um, pretty off the chain as far as the trolls. Um, but I kind of dig it because it gets it makes your engagement. Well, yeah, I wasn't thinking that. I was going to say it makes your your, thin, your skin thicker. Um, but also, like, after a while, you get, I mean, I'm sure, Jason, you're, you're used to it with TikTok, because TikTok is a thousand times worse than Instagram and YouTube combined. But um, they, they really only have, like, three or four things that they say. So after a while, it just kind of turns into, like, mushy noise, and it's very easy to just kind of ignore it, you know? That's true. It's the same. It's always the same. I don't know, four or five things, and then move on. Yeah, I used. I used to. It, Twitter is pretty bad too, actually, with with that sort of thing. And I used to like get really upset and be like, "Oh, I gotta tell this person why they're wrong," and and uh, and now I just go, eh, and I just block or I delete or whatever. Like, it's just not worth it. It's just the the mental energy that you that that you would have to put to answer all of these people is just. It's it's just not worth it. <laughs> well, well, sometimes they say something so ridiculously stupid that it's so entertaining, and you have to shine a light on it. That's true. That's true. No, that's, sometimes when when you see something that's like well, that's unique, what you just said is it, it, it goes above. So yes, I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> Do you see yourself in a way as an activist, or not really? I don't, yeah, I guess. I mean, definitely food is my activism, I suppose. And But I don't do a whole lot of advocacy, like, as far as really talking about veganism and what veganism is about. At the same time, I'm not going to sugarcoat things, and I'm not going to really, like, I don't, I don't want to coddle people. So if people ask me, why are you vegan? I'm going to tell them why. And if somebody tells me, like, oh, I'm only doing X, Y, and Z, then I'll, you know, I'll say, well, keep doing that, but keep going until you can figure out how to, how to go vegan. So yeah, like, you know, when people talk about like reduce, reduce or flexitarianism, you know, that's good if it's not the end goal. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if that's just part of your transition, then great. Cause that's what I did too. As far as being like an activist activist where I'm like online or out in the real world, like really like, not really, no, I guess, I mean, but but it depends on how you look at what I'm doing with my videos and my recipes. If it, I consider that activism, I guess that's the thing. It's like, there's this weird schism between the kind of activism, like like being an outreach and, you know, that sort of thing and what, what I do, which is probably I don't know. I don't know how it ranks. I don't Leading by example. It's like instead of you're not a negative activist who points out the evils of factory farms. You're a positive activist who points out like how great veganism can be. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so Watson, do you get it from both sides? Because I do. Mm hmm. You know, I, I you get the attack by the vegan. This is unhealthy. Why are, you know the 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 oils and the well the the whole concept of impossible meat is is a flashpoint when it comes to uh, veganism there because of the, yeah. the the animal testing. Right. Yeah. Impossible. Just egg. Um, and I know you know you've you've brought up on this this very show just a couple of weeks back about follow your heart. You know, being bought up by Dannon and. 
it's definitely something that I, I don't take lightly and that I do think about. Ultimately, it's like when you, you know, I, I'll have people say, oh, don't eat impossible because they test on animals, eat beyond meat because they don't. Well, beyond meat also, from my understanding, you know, I don't know if they still do, but at, at their beginning stages, they used uh, real meat in their taste development process. You know, when they would have taste tests, they would have people trying real burgers versus their burgers. And it's like, is that, is that not on the same kind of, you know, level as testing on rats? And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I think about it all the time. And um, ultimately for me, it's the kind of thing where it's like, I wasn't vegan when I was eating impossible burgers and beyond burgers. I was transitioning. So for me personally, my, the people that I'm targeting are people like me before I was vegan who really love fast food and burgers and comfort food. And so since it's familiar to me to use something like beyond or impossible to get them to, to come onto our side, that's kind of the style that I'm going for. So that's the way that I think about it in my head. I understand if people want to call me plant-based, I'd fine. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing my thing and I'm, I'm trying to get people to just stop eating animals, you know, and there's just, we just live in a kind of fucked up anti-animal like world that they figure out how to use animals in the most obscene sort of ways and it's just like when you start learning about all this it just makes you realize that like you know it's it's nearly it's 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 just not possible to to avoid it all you know altogether well yeah the uh, you know also the 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 um uncomfortable ally of corporate culture who who make these yeah. things and 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 produce these things and it seems like you know every month you know a new brand a new great vegan brand is being purchased by yeah i i, I yeah. mean I, I also look at something like impossible and and see it not as oh you know they are my enemy or adversary or i mean i know they're a big company and they're going to ipo and make whatever however many billions of dollars but yeah. i but i see that product particularly as a great tool to inspire people when they eat that 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 particular product because i feel like it is superior to beyond and when people taste impossible they are getting i think the best of what vegan meat has to offer yeah i mean when i when i cook for my my not my non-vegan friends and you know i'll have a barbecue or go to a barbecue and i bring impossible and i make it for them they're always like you know, blown away by it, you know? And so it's just me doing that. That's me just trying to kind of like get them to see that it's possible to not have to eat animals and still enjoy all the foods that we love. You know what I mean? So that's, 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 yeah, that's why I do it. That's why I use it, I guess. But yeah, I completely agree. It's like at the end of the day, you know, yeah, you could either use impossible or you could do Buddha bowls and grow all your own produce, but that's not super accessible for a lot of folks you know well also with the internet there's going to be someone's going to be angry about something and they're going to and they're going to vent and and usually you know there's no way you have to basically just follow your vision and 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 you definitely do yeah no i mean um to tell you the truth uh i've been very lucky as far as like i mean not having a ton of trolls whether they be like the, I call them the gold medal vegans or 
the anti-vegans. That level, I'm level six vegan, you know, that guy from The Simpsons, I don't eat anything with a shadow. It feels, there's a lot of people out there, that, that's what it feels like a lot. Gatekeeping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, there, the, the definition of veganism is going to look different for everyone, but I think that there are certain things that we have to adhere to, otherwise it becomes a meaningless term, you know? I'll let the gold medal vegans have their way if they live on a commune and grow their own foods. Right. I, I'll give them their gold medal. I'll respect them. And but, but I know in our society, most of those gold medal vegans are going to maybe some fast food place. They're getting a styrofoam cup. They're they're doing yeah. things that that humans do because we can't be perfect. It's impossible for us to be right. perfect. So, um, okay. So, how do you keep things fresh? <laughs> it's hard. It's tough. Um, I pay attention a lot. There's a, there's um, a fast food Reddit subreddit, which is just called fast food. I check that all the time, see if there's anything kind of going on that I can kind of um, get into. I always ask, not always, but I often ask my, um, you know, Instagram and YouTube people like, you know, what kind of stuff do you guys want to see? Um, I'm just, I'm just kind I'm just constantly watching things and just kind of like taking things in. And I feel like I am a like, it's not that I'm pigeonholed, but I feel like sometimes whenever I'm like, I'm learning about things about like what people want to see, you know, because sometimes I'll be like, Oh, this is a really cool idea that I personally love. And then I put it out there and people don't care about it. And then, so that's always kind of like a weird kind of mind fuck where it's like, what, why, why, why doesn't anybody like this? This is really cool. And, yeah, I've been through that too with um, having like this great idea and then putting it out there and, oh, well, I guess not. I guess it wasn't a great idea. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll like change it a little bit or I'll do another different cut and, you know, and edit it a little differently. And, and I mean, again, I think that um, a lot of your videos are very, have a, have a, a, a real logic and a continuity and I don't think my videos do. A lot of times I'll do a recipe and I'll, I'll do, I'll put like different things all over the place just to get people interested. It's, a, it's also a, more of a more sizzle. Chaotic. It's more of a sizzle reel situation where you're actually, you know, teaching people how to cook I, something. I love your videos for that, that reason. I, I, I don't, I never get lost. I, I kind of, I, I can follow your videos. I'm never like, wait, what the fuck is he doing? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do something that that, that totally doesn't make any sense. Uh, I I just think that um, the main thing too, I mean, it's like, it's like being an entertainer. And I think that that's what you do. You entertain people with your food, but also it's kind of the situation where, you know, food is political and you're showing that vegans, people eat plant-based don't have to do without you know, yeah. they, they can have their Dorito shelled taco. <laughs> so do you have a good food memory so that you can remember how the Dorito food Dorito tastes like? Or how do you I mean, people people challenge me all the time. Like, how do you know you've been vegan for 12 years? How do you know what beef tastes like? Certain things I have a good memory for things that I ate like with a, a, a f- lot of frequency. Yeah, Doritos is, yeah, for instance, like when I made the Doritos, you know, oftentimes what happens is, so I have my, I live in a, a unit, uh, it's, it's a granny unit, it's it's like a duplex, but it's part of a bigger house, 
And in the bigger houses, uh, we have some friends who live there and they have a family, they have two kids. And so, and they're not vegan. So I will always give them, because I make a lot of food usually, so I'll give them my food to, to kind of test them. And so specifically for the Doritos, when I gave it to my neighbor to try, he was like, he was like, it tastes like Doritos, but it's like with more flavor or it's like, he's like, it's zippier. So in some ways, I almost feel like sometimes my memory of it is like seen through like rose colored glasses almost. So I, 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 sometimes I feel like I make things more intense, which is maybe a good thing or a bad thing, I guess, depending on, on your, on your, on your view on that. And ultimately no one will know you guys could be making stuff out of cardboard. If it looks yummy, like it looks yummy on screen. <laughs> well, no, if they make my recipe and they tell me this tastes yeah, like cardboard. <laughs> well, I, I remember I was doing a filet of fish uh, with good catch and I just like, I went to a McDonald's and I was just like looking around at people eating the food and I saw mm -hmm. someone with the filet of fish and I kind of just like, I, I, I was like totally like a weirdo. I like, I like, can I, just look over here at this for a second, you know, and, and, and I looked at his filet of fish and then it looked sad. It didn't look, it didn't look good. It looked like a yeah. sad little thing. You know, it's like, it's kind of this thing where, yeah, maybe that is right. It's kind of a rose colored idealized idea of what our fast food is. And, and honestly, your food looks like a commercial, the, 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 the buns. Oh yeah. You know, I had another question. Where do you source your buns and all your stuff that looks just like, the fast food stuff. <laughs> so um, I actually just go to the regular grocery store. There's also Spartan Final has some pretty good buns. But um, so what I do is I go and I look, I look just physically, I'll grab a bag of buns and look at them and I, I'll size them up whether or not they're going to work. And then when I go to the cash register, I always tell them, I say, I put the buns last on the conveyor belt and I say, don't worry about the buns. Don't bag the buns. I'm going to take them because I don't want them to get squished. So I treat the buns like a Fabergé egg, basically. I don't. I make sure that they don't get, you know, destroyed. Um, but I wanted to follow up with something that we were talking about. We were talking about the filet of fish looking sad. I think that's the thing, though, is that ultimately that food is McDonald's and fast food. It's just, it's not very good. So, but the ideas that they have the big mac which is actually a ripoff of the big boy but the big mac that's a great idea filet of fish is a good idea uh doritos uh or, or uh, cheesy gordita crunch these are all great ideas but they're just executed very poorly because it's fast food right so you make that at home it's going to be better even if you make it with you know quote unquote vegan you know inferior ingredients or whatever you know what i mean so what's the um, big boy Oh, okay. So uh, Bob's Big Boy is a restaurant oh. uh, here in Toluca Lake. Jason, did you, have you gone there yet? I, I've been there a bunch of times, but I haven't gone there for their, for their, for their, they have a new vegan burger there. Yeah. And I, I, and I remember you mentioned it. You took, you, you instant messaged me about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Big Boy uh, um, is a restaurant. There's Bob's Big Boy. There's also like Frisch's Big Boy. They're, they're around the country and they all have different, whoever owns the franchise will name it after. So Gary's Big Boy or whatever. Um, but it is an old restaurant, I believe from the 30s or the 40s, the 30s, I think is when it started. And so in 1930, like seven or something like that, um, the guy who started Bob's, Bob, uh, I can't remember his last name. 
he made the Big Boy, which is literally this, the architecture of the Big Mac. It doesn't have a Big Mac sauce. I think they use like a chili sauce. Um, but that's the thing. When you say, what's a Big Boy? That's like most of the country. They've never heard of a Big Boy, even though it predated the Big Mac by like 30 years. Do they still make Big Boys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the original one in Toluca, or it's actually in Burbank. It's like on the border of Burbank and Toluca Lake. Um, it's a it's a historical monument. I don't know if it's a, a a U.S. or a state historical monument, but it's there. It's there until you know until humanity ceases to exist. <laughs> they have a uh, classic car shows sometimes in the parking lot because yeah. it's like a you know old timey place. Yeah, it's, it's a, a logical place, place to have a classic car show. It's awesome. Friday night, yeah, all the. All the gearheads show up with, with their old classic cars. But what's great is there's a lot of 70s, like Trans Ams and all that sort of stuff. It's it's pretty awesome. So are you saying the defining characteristic of a Big Boy or Big Mac, it's like, you know, three buns and two patties? The yeah. idea that it's like a double decker with bread in the middle. With the bread, with the, cl- the club bun, yeah. Got it. My wife is vegan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she comes home from a day of work and the last thing she wants to hear is me rambling on about burgers and whatnot. <laughs> she's, she's, she's tired. She just wants to, like, you know, relax. <laughs> well, you can be our vegan friend because we, we don't have a lot of vegan friends. Well, no, he, Mike has some friends. You have friends, right? Most of them are actually not vegan. I mean, my family isn't vegan. So, in fact, you know, you were talking about how you feed your, your, you know, your neighbors. I feed my daughter all the time. You know, I'll, I'll always say, what does this taste like? You know, those are sort of our, um, um, I don't know, a, a, like a test, a test person. How, yeah. have you, how have you not turned your daughter yet? Oh no, no! They're very, they're very difficult people. They're entrenched. <laughs> Wait till you have a kid; you'll find out. Okay. I mean, I mean, my situation is, they, my, you know, my, I've been vegan for what, twelve years. My daughter's fifteen. She's been, she started not vegan. I was not vegan at the time when she was born, and so I, I want her to make her own choice when it comes to what her dietary situation is. I do have issues though. Sometimes I'll bring up factory farming and wrong, you know, the, at the wrong time, and that you know sometimes creates drama. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it hurts. So Jason, so so you're, you're are you the only vegan in your family? Yes, but oh, my wow. but the, you know you know it's funny too because it's kind of a situation where um, I feel like vegan hacks. I mean, obviously, vegan hacks is Mike, but it also vegan hacks is also my wife because she does a lot of the Korean cooking. She's actually she was actually born in Korea. She came here when she was three, but all the like the really good looking Korean food is not me. It's her. She oh. makes all this amazing food. So so what I do is I'm sort of translating. I don't know. I don't maybe in my Caucasian language, you know how the how awesome Korean food is. Oh, okay. I um, I got my sister to go vegan, which was pretty cool. Good job. Yeah, but how, no. how long has she been vegan? Um, I want to say about a year or so now. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's gonna stick. It, I think it's gonna stick. Um, yeah. She she even you know we have a group chat with uh, me and me and her and my mom and my dad and, and she'll she'll send stuff every now and then like about you know how awful it is that how awful the world is. <laughs> what? This is actually really relevant for all of us to know. What was your strategy that 
made this happen? Um, well, she, I mean, she's a, she's a very sweet, empathetic person. It helps. I mean, my entire family is therapists, actually. They're all three of them. I'm, I'm kind of the black sheep as far as that. I I was the only one who didn't go into any sort of healthcare. I think it was just a, a, you know, her, she, she follows me and, and, you know, she lives in San Diego. I don't get to see her as often as, as I'd like, but, you know, whenever we would have Thanksgiving, for instance, I would make all the sides vegan and, you know, um, the last two years, my mom even just stopped making a turkey. So we've had vegan Thanksgivings the past two years because my mom's just like, oh, you just, if you want to just take over, you know, and so I think it's that and just, I don't know. I, I mean, ultimately, I don't, I didn't do anything really other than kind of just, you know, show her that, you know, that there's stuff out there. I, I, I wasn't really super like, uh, I don't want to use the word pushy. <laughs> you, you didn't show her like a factory farm video or something. No, no, I don't. Well, I always, whenever people ask me like, you know, so the video that got me to actually go vegan was dairy is scary because it's only five minutes long. It's very succinct and it, she doesn't really pull a lot of punches in that video. That was your aha moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had uh, that year, so it was 2018, New Year's 2018. I, you know, my my girl, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, she was pescatarian. So moving in with her and being with her, you know, food is such an important part of my life that I really wanted to always cook for her and cook with her. And and when we got to eat, I would want to share stuff. So I naturally just kind of stopped eating as much red meat and and chicken and pork. Um, and so for whatever reason, I can't remember what it was about, you know, 2018 New Year's, I just made the resolution. I want to transition fully vegan by the end of 2018. Um, but there wasn't, I had still had never watched anything like Dairy is Scary. I'd never watched any of that stuff because I knew it would just destroy me. And uh, then it was just one day I was just, I was just on YouTube and I probably had been looking at like how to go vegan, that sort of, those sorts of videos. And it popped up and I thought, What's, how bad could it be? So I just hit play and I made it 90 seconds. I made it to the part where the guy was fisting a bowl. I think it was he fisting a bowl or was he fisting the, the female cow? I can't remember. But I just remember there was this, there's a scene where this guy's shoving his hand up a bowl, uh, up a, a cow's ass and pulling it out. And there's just all this like shit all over his arm. And I just like almost like threw up. And so I was like, I, I'm good. I don't need to be a part of that anymore. <laughs> I, I, I watched 90 seconds and that was it. Wow. And mine yeah. was meet your meat. I never heard that one. It's it's a little earlier on, but it is the same idea. It just has all the categories of farm animals. It's like 10 yeah. minutes long. Ugh. It's brutal too, because like we know, like I kn- I've always known that stuff was bad. But Seeing I would- is believing. Yes. It's, it's so weird too, because they talk about that, like the switch going off in your head and that's, it felt like that. Like it was all of a sudden, like, I don't want to like bring like, like red pill, blue pills, cause that's such an awful term, but it was, it felt like that. It felt like I, all of a sudden I saw the world, at least, you know, our food system in a different, completely different way. I've and, never asked Jason, what was your aha moment? My- you, got, you don't know. I don't know his aha moment. My switch is broken. <laughs> no, but it wasn't one. There wasn't one thing that made you say like, "Okay, this is it. I'm done." 
Yes, this podcast made me do it. No, I I, I just gradually stopped eating meat and stopped eating fish and st- I just it was it wasn't I mean and and I've I've seen the factory videos you know I mean it, it, I mean I think that they definitely you see things you know whatever videos that have a lot of impact and go oh my gosh it's terrible I mean I I think that non-vegans see those videos and they still eat meat you know the switch doesn't go off I never had any kind of epiphany it just I it was just this gradual process of meats stopping eating eating animal products you know for, for first for health then for ecological reasons and then for ethical reasons it's just it was a it was a a slow transition took almost 10 years yeah. i i do think it's interesting because I, i'm curious if there's I, I don't know if there's any studies out there but for instance you know um i had done a very good job of avoiding those kinds of videos until i had made like until i had decided to go vegan but I'm curious, I'll never know, but I am curious how would I have reacted to Darius Scary if I had seen it two years before when I was still very much like cooking a tri-tip every Sunday, you know what I mean? Like, would I look at that and figure out a way to cognitively, like the dissonantly? Yeah, <laughs> it's a somersault. You know, you know, I did a video that actually affected a lot of people on TikTok, and I didn't know, I mean, it's kind of a situation where, you know, I, I'm kind of a free agent. I, don't, I really don't have any allegiances. And so I'll go ahead and say things that I, I don't think are radical, but maybe they are. But it was a situation where I was at a Costco and it was this, you know, I, I do these fluff videos where I'm at Costco, you know, I'll go with my wife and she's shopping. She loves Costco. I'm not crazy about Costco, but I'll look at all the different plant-based items there. So I'll be, you know, just filming, oh, they have Impossible Meat. Oh, they have, you know, and then I'll do like a little quick video of, you know, all the cool things at Costco that you can get plant-based. And I figured, you know, that's cool. A lot of people go to Costco instead of buying factory eggs, they'll buy some just egg or whatever, you know, and um, I did a video, it was almost like a tome poem about how I had this revelation where I was looking around and I was, I realized I was surrounded by animal carcasses. Like I saw ribs, I saw meat and I'm like, this is a cemetery for animals, you know, and, and it's everywhere, everywhere I look, I'm, I'm, I'm encased in, in, in dead animals and I did this video and there were people like, why are you ma- shaming us? And I'm like, no, it's just my experience. I just had this experience where I saw a bunch of dead animals. I was surra- I w- and, and I felt alone. I felt, I felt powerless. I felt, uh, and I just wanted to express that feeling. I wasn't, my intention wasn't to shame anyone. My intention was to just tell people how I felt. Yeah. And, and, but it, and there were a lot of people that supposedly were disappointed in me. Because I, I guess I, I do happy, fun recipes, but I mean, I, I can't hide my feelings. I don't know. Right. It's not that you were shaming them. They felt ashamed. I don't know how they felt. I'm just saying I felt a certain way. I expressed how I felt. And then there was a reaction. I remember I saw that video and I, it resonated with me because that, that's how I feel all the time. I, I definitely, the store that I go to the most often links the section to go from like the household items to the bakery to like the rest of the store. You have to go through the, the butcher area. And I will, I will either hold my breath and, and 
do a light jog through there and and keep my focus ahead of me or I'll completely avoid it altogether because I feel the same way. It's, it's upsetting to see this stuff. People don't get it because it's just, you know, the people who thought you were, um, I remember one, there was one comment I saw with someone with someone said, Oh, this is so dramatic. And it's because it's so normalized. It would, it, it's, it's, they don't see, they don't see the world the way that you see it. They see these, there is just, it's a piece of food in packaging to them and they don't see the connect between that it was an animal that is not very different from, you know, the dog or the cat that they might have at home. You know what yeah, I mean? That's why some people, they can only eat things without bones because they don't want to be reminded that like, oh, this was a physical appendage. Right, right. Yeah, no. When, sentient creature. When, when people, I remember like, and it happens to this day, people will find a chicken head. There was just recently someone found a chicken head in their uh, KFC. And when that, when even when I wasn't vegan and that would happen, I would, I remember I was like, what did you, ex yeah, it's an animal, dude. Like <laughs> there, there's dead animal in my dead animal. <laughs> oh no, it's disgusting. I don't know if there's a study out there, but I think it would be really interesting to ask your, like your average city dweller, how many people would be able to like actually kill their own food and not in a survival situation. Cause I think anybody could probably. If, if I was, you know, if it was Red Dead Redemption and I had to hunt a uh, rabbit with an arrow, I would probably have to do that. I'm talking about right now in 2022. In a factory farm. Living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm. Like, like, would you, if, if the factory farms all closed down, they're like, here, here's a bunch of animals killing yourself. How many people would actually do that versus like, all right, fine, I'll buy the Impossible Burger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, again, it's kind of a situation where, if you just express your feelings, some people get offended by, by, by what yeah. your feelings are. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so Watson, uh, uh, we better probably wrap this up. So where yeah. can we see all of your amazing work? Uh, I recommend everyone to subscribe to your content. It's, it's remarkable. So go ahead and tell us your socials. I, I, I totally forgot that we were recording a podcast. It just <laughs> felt like having a fun um, so I, yeah, uh, the burger dude, um, and the extra E was just because the burger dude was already t taken on Instagram. Um, but yeah, basically the burger dude on Instagram, I think there's an underscore between each. So it's the underscore burger underscore dude. And then YouTube is just the burger dude. Um, where else am I? Oh, a website, the burger dude.com. Basically, if you Google the burger dude, uh, vegan, maybe I don't know. Stuff should pop up. Yeah, no. If you if you just write the burger dude with two e's, you come up. All your great uh, links come up. And again, uh, I, I I really appreciate you being a part of the podcast. It's been a great honor to share. You guys ever want to do this again or meet up for some food? I mean, you guys both live in L.A., so yes. Yeah, so nice talking to you. Yeah, I, I would like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs>